Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Hold on a second. So I was on a, a different podcast earlier this week, and he mentioned something about having his intro and outro pre-recorded. Why have we never thought about doing that? Like, why do we redo it every single time? So that I can mess it up every single time. Let's just get a good one and then play the same one over and over again. Have we ever? Have we ever had a good one? If anybody like here really enjoys the fact that we do those ad lib, not ad lib, but whatever, like off the cuff every time, go give us a rating. Rate us like a five star rating and say, I love the fact that they never that they don't pre record <laughs> their their intro and outro. Because that, that will tell me that someone actually likes that and would rather it be that. Now, if anyone <laughs> out there has an excellent voice, like a radio, a golden voice, also you could record our intro and outro. <laughs> Yeah, Please welcome fun. Chris Bartlett and Matt Rice. You know, that, that'd be cool, too. Maybe <laughs> a little less funny. personal. Like, but, shoot, an yeah. em- shoot an email at, uh, to MLA at ablaze.us or whatever with, with that clip. Like, <laughs> that would even, be awesome. We can't even get the email right. Okay, so today I want to challenge you guys. You know, so, you know, preach the gospel at all times, go to the ends of the earth, all these people that need Jesus, and I want you guys to cast a smaller net. We're what? casting a net that's too wide. No. I, I'm supposed to. I, I have to get all, all these people, Chris. I'm not. I'm not doing a small net. Uh, I'm not asking you to forsake them. I'm actually asking you to get them. Mm. <laughs> Be, what do you mean? You're like, huh? What do you mean? Yeah, because when we aim at everything, typically we hit nothing, right? Mm. Yeah. And so I think that we have cast too wide of a net in so many of our different programs and things of that nature. So there is a divorce lawyer in the Austin area, which is where I live. And he has these amazing. Hold on a ads. second. Hold on. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, whoa. I like, oh, okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, follow me. <laughs> he has these amazing ads, and uh, and he goes, if you are a man who's going through a divorce and who is concerned about securing your financial assets, then contact me. And so he's not just like, hey, if you're going through a divorce, I'll I'll, I'll do male side or female side or whatever. Um, and I'll take anyone. He's like, I want uh, men who are going through a divorce who want to protect their financial assets. Like, that's their goal of the divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's narrowed his net. And now all of a sudden, if there's a man that's uh, going through the unfortunate event of a divorce, which is how he says it, um, please contact, blah, blah, blah. He, he, oh, that's me. That's me. Pick me, you know? Whereas for us as ministry leaders, sometimes we cast too wide of a net. If you've ever struggled come to Jesus. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, it doesn't really know. speak to me. I mean, it like applies this, to me. Yeah. This pickle jar is difficult. Do I need Jesus? Like I can't open. Are it. you a tarot card reader? Like you just read my soul. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so that, that's what I'm saying is I think we need to, to, to cast a smaller net as opposed to making these programs open and available to everyone. What if we said, Hey, if you are in this specific niche category, I'm going to figure out what it means to minister to that population, that demographic, which is a sub-demographic of a sub-demographic of the overall mission of the parish. But guess what? We've got hundreds of people at the parish, and so God has called everyone to reach their own little sub-demographic. Sure. Yeah, and so how do you find that, or what is yeah, what is that uh, scope for you? I, uh, I, I think about, like, even on the 
like the the wider parish level. I'd be interested to know what that would look like at the diocesan level because I think there is is even like a, a niche or whatever that the diocese should see that where the Holy Spirit is guiding them to to cast a smaller net. Um, but each parish would have the same thing because there are like there are so many ways you know to serve God to serve His people. Um, but there, there may be a specific way that God is calling your parish to do that. But then even within the parish, within the specific ministries, I can even think like on the youth ministry side of things, we are meant, you know, to, to reach all of the youth. Well, that's a huge like subculture or a huge culture. And, and to um, be clear, it's not just all the youth that are registered at the parish. It's all the youth that are in the parish boundary, absolutely. like in that plot of land. Like that's our mission field. Yeah, that's so too maybe, wide of a net to be successful, in my opinion. Maybe even at the parish level, it's like, I mean, let's let's say you've got, you know, I mean, I, like you have the poor, right? That is a, but then even within that category, um, I'm sure there are subcategories or whatever. Um, but it it doesn't mean that you're supposed to just focus on that group and not focus on the other group. But everything that we do, like it needs to have intention behind it. Like this ministry that we are doing is specifically meant to reach out to this subset. This ministry that we're doing is specifically meant to reach out to this subset. And then like the hope is, and, and I don't know if this is where you're going with this, Chris, or not, but that instead of having one huge net, you end up having 20 smaller nets. Right. Yeah. And each smaller net has bait that is specific to the fish or the subcategory that you're trying to connect with. Yep. So you think about, uh, well, if Mel Gibson said it, then it must be true, right? And so you've seen <laughs> you've seen the movie The Patriot. Yep. He's there trying to teach his son, Heath Ledger, in the arms of an angel, um, <laughs> Heath Ledger how to shoot. And he says, you don't aim at the thing. You aim at the, the little speck on the thing, right? He says, aim small, miss small. So he's trying to get the very center or the very kind of nuanced piece of it. You don't hit the deer's head. You hit the deer's eyeball and not just the eyeball, but the, you know, the pupil aim small, miss small. That way, if you miss the, the, the little speck, then you hit the target anyways. You know, so guys, Does that before, make sense? before the show, I, uh, I was talking to Chris about this and I was like, dude, I have like, can we look it up? Because I like my understanding of aim small, miss small is, is it like, apparently I found out it was wrong. Um, I, I, I completely misunderstood that whole thing. Cause I always like, when I think about it, I think about like, um, and I don't want to necessarily say self-defense or whatever, but whenever, um, even in video games, let's just say this, like, I am not a very good shot in video games. Um, I like, I have potato aim, like I am all over the place. And so I do not aim for the head of the person that I'm shooting at in, in these games. Um, when I'm shooting at Chris on, on Monday night video game night, I am shooting it. I'm trying to shoot at his body because that's a bigger piece, right? So in my mind, I don't aim small because I'm going to miss small. So that's the way that I've always like. Whenever I hear that phrase, aim small, miss small, I'm like, well, you're going to miss if you aim small. You're going to miss it. But thank God that Chris actually like explained this to me before the episode because the whole idea was like that if you if you're aiming at the side of a barn the whole thing, the likelihood you're going to miss it is high. Now, maybe side of the barn's not the best example. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Well, now you're going to miss it. No, like if you're aiming at a photo, right? Let's say it's an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and you're 100 yards away. Ah, that's pretty far. I don't know. And you're just like, I'm going to try and hit the piece of paper. Boom. Uh-huh. You're probably going to miss it. But if you're aiming at like a speck, there's a little well, that's dot. Well, that's why, that's why there's a bullseye. 
<laughs> That's why they exactly. have the yeah. target. Aim at like, the bullseye. You aim at and you the hit bullseye. The target. And you hit the target somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There's a higher likelihood of you hitting that target than if you just aim at the target. We we should have just said that. Instead, you talked about maiming I don't know, shooting people. shooting people like <laughs> video games. We're talking about video games. And just it's just we video have, games. we have plenty of video game players on this uh, on this podcast. So I don't think we offended anybody. Good with that one. <laughs> Good. We'll see. So so the idea is aim small, miss small, and I feel like sometimes we want to. Everyone's welcome to the table. Like all these things are true, but my goodness, not everyone's going to walk through the door if we're just like. We want to make the door available for everyone to walk through. And, and so we have to actually get more specific and get more nuanced. And Jesus says this, okay? I'm going to I'm gonna go all he scripture He said aim small, you. miss small? He said aim small, <laughs> miss small. Yes, he did. Okay? All right. So, so this is Did he Acts play video one. games? Well, no. No, he'd, he'd win. <laughs> is it cheating if Jesus plays video games? Okay. So that's another podcast. That's a great question. Um Okay, so it's Acts 1, verse 8, and this is the one that it was the theme for World Youth Day back in the, uh, you know, a couple of World Youth Days ago, but it's, you will receive power, or you will be clothed with power, some translations, from on high when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, he says that, it's said in that order, this is, of course, Acts of the Apostles, so this is, uh, Luke is attributed with writing this, says that in an intentional way. Because Jerusalem is the Holy Land. That's the center. That's where these people who are hearing this are, are, are living, right? And so be a witness in Jerusalem. Be a witness in your home first, right? The domestic church, the local area. And in Judea, which is just a little bit of an extension, right? So be a witness in your home and to your neighbors. And then Samaria. Ooh, those Samaritans, bad, right? And now he's making a stretch to say Samaria actually means even those a little bit further away, those outcasts, those who might be different, look different, uh, behave differently. And then to the ends of the earth. We cannot do all of those at the same time. Being a witness in Jerusalem in your home is different than what it means to be a witness to your neighbor, different than those who might not be a part of your circle and then to the ends of the earth. Those are all different demographics. And you start first in Jerusalem. Aim small, miss small. And we need to cast a smaller net because we have all these things that are taking place in the church that are trying to hit everything. And in doing so, they hit nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like you were the door analogy you gave earlier, like this door is for everyone to go through. It's not really appealing. Like it, it doesn't, it, the door doesn't fit me. The door doesn't match me. It, it matches everybody. And that's like, who wants to go through a door that anybody can go through? You know? It's it's uh the Incredibles when everyone's a super then no one is <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it's one of those and so I've been I've been doing a lot of different research on a number of different marketing pieces and how to baptize those for the Catholic Church and there's this guy that talks about kind of the secret formula in getting uh in getting a customer and moving things forward and the first thing he says is define your dream customer who is your dream customer and we're talking about this if you're uh, in you know, the RCIA director, like who would be the ideal person to come into the church? Are we talking about people who are interested in becoming Catholic because their spouse is Catholic, right? That's a different type of dream person and a different type of outreach well, that we would do as opposed to someone who is who is Protestant and might be converting over in that way. And so, so the on-ramps that we have for those are going to look different. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like... Um, 
you you like that's too wide of a net and i think that's the argument you're trying to make you know who would be the ideal candidate for rcia that's too wide of a net like what would the ideal convert candidate for rcia look like right. what would the ideal you know disenfranchised you know look like what would the ideal you know poor you know candidate into rca look like all of these different things um and not just this big blanket because yeah yeah that's that's what you're getting at right exactly and you're the ministry leader so you're casting a vision and you're like actually i want all those demographics represented in rcia well great so what do you do well you just try and cast a wide net that's what we typically do Mm, but no what you end up doing is you look at your roster of people who have come into the church over the last 10 to 15 years, and you find someone who came in because their their spouse was Catholic. And you say, would you mind being a small group leader? I'll still do all the teaching, or we'll find it, but I need someone to accompany this specific person. And would you mind doing a witness video? And so now we have a way for them to be like, hey, I see myself in this program because that person... You know, and then you find someone who might fit the other demographics and create specific niched on ramps so that they can come on, feel welcomed and sustained in the and, midst of that. And use those people and their wisdom and their knowledge and their experience to fill your blind spots. Because like not all of us are those people. I am not a convert. Um, I, you know, um, was am, am a cradle Catholic. I didn't go through RCIA. I don't know what it feels like to go through RCIA, um, but I might be commissioned with leading that ministry. Um, and so I need to reach out to all the different people, all the different demographics or whatever that I want to reach for, incorporate. And it may also mean like, this is like, this is going to be more work for us, Chris, because it may also mean that the Tuesday night RCIA class is not the best class for everybody. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and you might find like, okay, so now we have a specific group of English, English, English as a second language. <laughs> Golly, English as a second language, people. If you're going after that demographic, right for RCIA, yeah. then that's going to look different. That might be a different RCIA program altogether in order to reach out to that niche. And it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, there are people in the uh, American Sign Language community that were raised Catholic and went elsewhere because there were communities that were offering translation services at their, at their churches. Yeah. People who hunger for the Catholic faith, Yeah, but they can't be Catholic because they can't participate in the mass because there's no ASL translator. Yeah. And, and even if, and this may, I don't know, be a, everything is so digital now and can be so digital. Um, There is no reason in my mind why you couldn't offer that even digitally. Um, and live, like you could have someone, you know, who's on Zoom watching your presentation, who's translating into whatever language for the like those people that need to hear it in that language. Yeah. Now, now here's the cool thing. When you talk about it, the next question. OK, so who's your dream customer? Who are you actually going for specifically nuanced niche? You know, very specific. The second question it asks four questions is where are they congregating? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned everything's so digital. Like there is, I guarantee, for the the, the ASL, the, the the sign language, uh, there is a online group that has uh, has a Christian faith based um, type of online community for that. And you can on Facebook do targeted advertising to people within these three zip codes, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, that are similar to or or are people in this group or in groups similar to this. 
and you can go spend $100 and have them see your specific ad that says, welcome home to the Catholic Church. Yep. If someone in sign language doing that, we have a translation service at the nine o'clock mass or whatever it is, you know, like you can get really specific. So now once you've learned where they're congregating, you can go get them. You can go get these people. So for the, the, the spouses of the Catholic who might be key for RCIA, some of them are actually congregating at Sunday mass. <laughs> and they're the ones they're the ones that aren't kneeling during the the liturgy of the Eucharist or maybe they are and they're just the ones crossing their arms when they go out to communion you know like these are people they're congregating you can start finding these people once you start to narrow who they are but if it's just anyone who's not catholic like you open your door to your house and there's everyone you need to invite to RCIA yeah that's not that's not possible you have to be more intentional and strategic and so you have to cast a smaller net yeah it's it's tough though cuz and maybe not tough but you know you you don't necessarily want to hold an event with two people or a meeting with two people, you know. Um, and I think that's we need to get past that. We need to get over that. Um, and it's okay, like if you just have two people. If if it was intentional, like if you have, you know, let's just say you have a, a relatively small parish. Maybe this is average. I don't know, but like five hundred people come to mass on a weekend. Um, like, and and if you were to say we're going to have a meeting for you know all the. I don't know, like, in, in this is not going to work this way, but um, all the spouses of, you know, all the non-Catholic spouses get together. Like, now that's never going to happen that, that way, but do something that would um, bring them together. No, during Mass. Hey, guys, during this time, during Mass, we're actually going to have, if you are a spouse and you're not Catholic, we're actually going to have donuts over here, and we're going to talk about what it's like journeying with a Catholic spouse during the liturgy. Are you kidding me? The wives and the husbands that are Catholic will be like, Sweetheart, you should totally go and find community so that you'll want to come back. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's weird. I think your suggestion's even worse than mine. But <laughs> what? Will, they don't. They're not don't, Catholic. They don't have an obligation. I they know, don't have but like, obligation. It just doesn't sound right. Anyway, maybe it's maybe it's right. Maybe it's a great idea. I don't know. Um, but something like but so let's say we do that, and two people show up um, for various reasons or whatever. But. Right. In my mind, I think if I had a meeting for everybody to learn more about the Catholic Church, then maybe more people would come. Um, and, and maybe that's true, but you would not be able to serve those people, that smaller net, as well, because you wouldn't have honed your audience down so that you can actually hone your message to fit the audience. Yeah, and I would push back saying that uh, the, the wider net might bring a couple more people, but the smaller net... As they go into that meeting, even if there's two of them, they already feel heard and known. Yeah. Like you've yeah. already accomplished, you've already gone so far uh, to, to build relationship in a company right off the bat. Yeah. So yeah. so name your dream, your dream customer or your dream uh, ministry objective, right? Your dream person yeah. that you're going to serve. And then where are they congregating? Think about that. This is why I think it's great when youth ministers go out to the high school football games back before COVID took that away. You know what I mean? Like to be uh, and smell like the sheep, where are they congregating? How can you smell like the sheep or at least get your messaging into their worldview? And then what is the bait that you can use to attract them to you? Mm. Now that's an interesting question. Because you can't just say, Jesus is Lord and Savior, and it's amazing. Because they're like, you know, for, for some of these people, they're like, what's a Jesus? You know, they don't, <laughs> they don't know. They just know that th this is the reason why I have to go with my spouse to Mass every Sunday. Otherwise, she gets mad and I can't enjoy the football game, you know, or whatever. And so it's for the RCIA example, like, so what can we do to make them 
attracted to this reality? What's the bait that you can use? And there should be a story in there, which is why having people to give a testimony who had sat where those people had sat is so vital and so important. Sometimes it's, hey, we're going to a water park, and that's the bait in regards to um, youth ministry during summer events. Hey, we're all going to go to a water park, and that's how we start the accompaniment process. Other times, it's something more significant. There's been leadership organizations that have that have done things like that, and it'll look good on your high school resume or different things of that nature. And then the fourth piece, what is the unique result that you want from them? What's the unique result? And so for RCIA, sometimes we think, well, the unique result that I want from them is that they become Catholic. But that's not the fullness of the picture. I want them to become a Catholic that is magnetic, a Catholic that is launched into service. And that changes the way that I form these people coming through. And now I've created such a specific thing. It's like I want them to be spiritual leaders in their homes, wherever they're at, especially for those who are married to a spouse. What if they finally got to lead their spouse the year after they became Catholic? Like that would be beautiful spiritually lead them, you know? And so if that was the goal, the program's going to look different. The accompaniment's going to look different to do that. So we need to get specific on those four questions. Who's your dream customer? Where are they congregating? What can you use to attract them to debate? And then finally, what's the unique result? Not the general result. I want them to love Jesus. But like the unique result. For youth ministry, I wanted them to go off to college and be evangelizing. That was my dream for those who went through our, our youth ministry program is to go off to college and be evangelizing. Well, I heard this campus doesn't have good campus ministry. Well, guess what? If one of my teens goes there, Jesus is going there because my teen brings Jesus wherever he goes, you know, yeah. or wherever she goes. And that's that's a more specific, unique result than the general, well, at least they got confirmed, you know? Yeah. So um, the unique result, the one that you just, the example you just gave about youth and youth groups seemed like uh, like almost broad. You know, so if you were to narrow it down, I'd be interested to know what that looks like. Even the RCIA one, you know, seemed relatively broad because you would want all of the RCIA candidates to be magnetic. Um, I think as far as like so the specific result you would want, let's let's go with that smaller net that we were talking about. Um, someone who's non-Catholic married to a Catholic. Um, the, so we, we want them to come to RCIA um, and and even if they don't go through RCIA. Even if they even if they just attended the classes and did not become Catholic, um, we could still achieve the unique result of a a more united home. Mm-hmm. You know, a better understanding yes. between husband and wife. Like yes. so, that is an uh, that is a, a unique end result we want for that net. You and know? that might be the bait to draw them in. Like you True. might not be interested yeah. in Jesus, but you might be interested in your home having a little bit more peace or understanding. And so do this for your spouse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and then I was thinking like on the same kind of thing with regards to like the hungry, you know, if, if our parish is, is called to serve the hungry, um, what is the unique result? Well, we want them to go away with full bellies or we want them to have food. That is part of the mission. Um, but the end result may be simply, I want them to know that, that our church cares for them, like that our church loves them. That's it. You know, and and like, what is that? And then maybe, like, maybe the unique result is what is the next step you want, you know, from them? I I don't know. Um, Or what's the next step you want them to take? Um, But just the, anyway, so like getting creative and thinking a little bit more intimate with regards to what you want to have happen. Right, because them knowing that they're cared about is is good. Meeting a need and then radically meeting a need, right? So we, we care about them 
even when they're not hungry. Yeah. It's like, how do we show that? How do they know that? Um, how do we, how do we take it a step further, further? (laughs) My gosh, I pray for Taylor. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. How do we take it a step further, um, to show the radical reality of God's love and mercy that, that, that's extended to him, you know? Um, because the incarnation showed us that we're loved by God. He sent his only son, (laughs) but his death on the cross showed us how radical that love was. That's a unique result. Yeah. Is it's like, I love you so much. I want to be with you. Yeah. But I'm willing to die for you so that you can be forever with me. Like, that's a unique result. So this podcast, like, I, I feel like we, I don't know, not necessarily pride ourselves in, but um, we want to push the envelope. Um, we want to talk about things that nobody else is talking about. Um, so um, this has got me thinking, like, what you're talking about has got me thinking about the fallen away Catholics, you know, and there are a variety of reasons why people have fallen away. Um, and so there's a lot of different small nets that need to be thrown to reach these people. A lot of people have left the church because they were hurt by someone, um, either physically, emotionally, or whatever. Or the combo. Um, yeah, spiritually hurt. Yeah. 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 You know, um, and, and it, yeah. So, like, that is a net that needs to be cast. Um, and, and so I, but I, but that's a net that I fear the church is afraid to cast because if, if we were to do like any, any sort of program or anything like that, have you been hurt by the church? (laughs) Um, That like that welcomes in a lot of criticism, a lot of anger, a lot of pain. Um, And, and I don't know if like when we, like we need to do it, like we need to do it as church, but we have to do it well. um, And we have to be prepared and we have to have, you know, counseling and stuff like that. But we as a church have been too afraid to actually respond to that because it admits guilt um, or it admits whatever. Like it's like there is pain out there that that someone in the church has caused. Um, why is the church herself not responding to that? I loved how St. John Paul II would apologize on behalf of the church Amen. to a number of different groups. I yep. love that. Yep. And the thing is, is uh, there is a ton. I don't think it needs to be done well. I think once we create a platform for if you've been hurt by the church, let's talk about this, that all of a sudden people see like there is a pathway to hope and being heard, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, because because they're talking about it when they're encouraging others uh, not to go to church because they tell people why they're no longer going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there there is some anger. And I would argue that much of that anger comes from a righteous spot. Because yeah. we should seek the true, good, and beautiful, and the things of the injustices that occurred go directly against truth. Yep. That's that. That's where the uncomfortableness comes in. Is injustice is actually a, a deeper seeking for what is true, you know. Yep. And uh, and and so, doing it poorly is better than not doing it. I I would I would argue. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because I feel like we as uh, as a church are much more apt to go after. Um, I don't know, to, to reach out to Protestants or to reach out to the poor, um, to reach out to those in need rather than those that we've hurt. And I think that's yeah. natural. I think that's a natural human thing. Like when I hurt someone and I know that I've hurt them or someone in my family has, there's embarrassment there. There's shame there. I don't want to see them yes. I, because then I'm reminded of what happened, what, what I did or what the people that represented me did. Right. Um, and and so there's I think there's a natural human inclination not to be a part of that or not to do that. 
but this this is a supernatural thing. Like this is the church. Like this is not like it's it's ran by humans. I mean, not really, but it is. You know, <laughs> like but, it's at uh, least stewarded. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it's 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 got to be more than just us. It, it, it's got to be supernatural. Yeah, and and I think that's a beautiful example of a, a niche. How do we if if we want more people to come to mass? What do we look at? Well, what about those who have left the church? Okay, great. That's a lot of people that have left the church. Yep. Okay, now let's get more specific. Those who have left the church because they've been hurt yep. by the church. Okay, yep. great. Um, and then in the context, you can get even more nuanced yep. from there, you know, and, and and you could get into abuse, which I think that does require more more care and counseling that comes along. Uh, you could also ideology ideological hurt yep. or uh, leadership failures of leadership that yep. have created hurt. And so then, then you think, okay, now where are they congregating? How do we reach out to these people? And the crazy thing is, is if you've been at your parish for more than two years, you know, their names, they, yeah. they, they were, they were your volunteers a couple years ago. Some of these people are, yeah. you know, and so how do we create these on ramps back that acknowledge instead of just like, Oh, I promise that won't happen again. Yeah. Well, that's great. But what we need is we actually need healing. I need to acknowledge that that happened and that it was not okay. So, yeah. And, yeah. and do not bury your head in the sand or think it does not affect you. Because even if your surrounding parishes have never had scandal, even if um, the scandal itself has offended people and made people leave, even if they weren't directly affected. Um, and so, th- like... Anyway, so that's one side. But then also, like, people move all the time. Like, people move places all the time. And so you still have people that have moved into your area yeah. um, that have been affected, directly affected by that. So and we um, saw that. I, I was hurt by the church back when I was 14, right? And now the, the latest scandal broke. It brought up some memories. I'm out. That's it. Yeah. This, this yeah. is still the church. I had hope for so long. Now I'm out, you know? And so they could be six parishes removed from the parish where the incident happened, but you still, your parish still represents the church and, and yeah. that wound. So and, and anyway, I personally tend to lean towards those niches, you know, the this, this small, whatever, nets of those who are probably the most angry, um, the least apt to come. Um, and, and the ones that we are as church, the least likely to reach to. Um, and so that's like, I, I tend to, to push towards those, um, groups of people, you know, and, and, and anyway, I think we as a church need to start doing that more. And as a, as a way of trying to bring it back around, because boy, was that a tangent. <laughs> um, um, I, I would say that you, you should absolutely stay in that uh, niche of trying to reach out to those people. But others along the way who don't fit that category, to point them to someone to journey with and not get distracted from the group that you're specifically trying to reach to. Because casting a smaller net also means saying no to other things, knowing that there's other people that are saying yes to that smaller net, Yeah. right? And so you've got to focus on your Jerusalem, your Samaria, you know, and... Regardless of the size of the net, you can only handle one net at a time. True. Right? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine like being able to handle two nets, <laughs> like I, like well, I, if you actually use the analogy. You know? And and Jesus modeled this. Yeah. He went and, and made others fishers of men. Yep. Right. He got a tax collector on board. You know, all these rotten people, and they're like, "Wait, <laughs> I see myself in Matthew." You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And so, okay, good. All so, right. 
that was a lot. Cast a smaller net. Jesus says so. So does this marketing book, and uh, and so did Mel Gibson. So. Um, <laughs> Um, great. Thank you guys for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you guys have to MLA at ablaze.us and send us your intro outro of your own voice doing it. <laughs> we would love it. We'd love to have guest intro outro. You can even uh, mock our voices. Mine's a little bit more nasally. <laughs> Matt's a little bit more bearded. It's fine. So, And uh, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to think about where you're casting your net and how you can make that net smaller. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.